Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Morning, friends. It is November 1st, 2023. Cybersecurity Awareness Month is over and No Shave November has begun. So um, I don't participate in No Shave November, so I won't be doing that. Um, but hopefully you had a good Cybersecurity Awareness Month. If you want my opinions on whether it was successful or not, you can go to the sub Cyber Guy Substack. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, as always, we have uh, several stories for this morning. All links to these stories are in the show notes, so you can go follow up on them because I will obviously will not um, read them all to you. This is a headline news type of show with opinion, lots of opinion, and some education thrown in for you. So the first one is going to have some opinion. For those of you who follow me on LinkedIn, you know two of the big things that I rail against are TikTok and ransomware payments. Not that I necessarily rail against ransomware payments. I just rail against, rail against people who think, oh, just don't pay the pay. We should enforce non-people not to pay it. Uh, and, and we can have arguments and discussions on why that is. But this article obviously came to the forefront to me uh, as I read it. And this is from cyberscoop.com. This was in many different websites, but this, I just picked the Cyberscoop one. Um, and the title is Four Dozen Countries Declare They Won't Pay Ransomware Ransoms. Well, yay for them. The United States and a consortium of some four dozen countries will pledge this week to no longer pay ransoms demanded as part of ransomware attacks, senior administrative officials said Monday. The statement will come as part of a meeting of the International Counter Ransomware Initiative set to take place Tuesday. Tuesday. The commitment to no longer pay ransoms will be part of a joint policy statement signed by 48 countries, the European Union and Interpol. First convened by President Joe Biden in 2021, this meet, year's meeting of the Ransomware Initiative will focus on information sharing around incorporating artificial intelligence and blockchain analysis into the ransomware fights and new information sharing platform, whatever. There's a bunch of different stuff here. Now, the first thing this doesn't say is who the 48 countries are. That would have been nice to know. I would have been interested in that. But the point of this is good. They're going to say we're not, who's not paying? Okay, so if the government gets hit with ransomware, sure, they're not going to pay. They don't have to. They got plenty. Of, they got plenty of our money that they can use to pay for ransomware, but they're not going to. So yay for us. We're going to save money there. But if you're a company within any of these 48 countries, are you going to be required not to pay ransom if you get hit with ransomware? Now, a lot of people say don't pay ransom because you are funding the bad guys. It will continue on. Sure, I get it. I understand. I understand the. I absolutely understand the argument, and then can support it. But if I am a business owner and I'm going to go out of business unless I pay the ransom to get all my data back, I'm probably going to pay the ransom. You got to do, you have to do what is best for your company and not think about how it impacts. Um, and now again, this is part of the argument. Well, that's not fair because you should think about everybody else. But let's be honest, 48, there's 200 some countries in the world, 48 are signing on to this. So there's plenty that aren't going to. So it's not like ransomware is going to stop because... These 48 countries agree not to pay ransomware. I don't know how this is going to be enforced. It sounds great. And they're bringing in AI and, and, and big, uh, crypto blockchain analysis. What does that mean? Well, I mean, honestly, what does exactly does that mean? How, how about help me out what that means? But again, this is something to me seems to be that is, you know, talking to say, hey, we're going to do this thing to stop this thing. And this thing will not stop. I mean, we can talk about the drug war, right? We want to stop drugs. Drugs still flowing through the country. There's a lot of things. What you can do, what would be better, is to inform people on how ransomware 
networks? How are the bad guys getting into networks? And let's stop it from getting into the networks. How about that? Or how about enforcing some kind of a judicial requirement on the bad guys? I mean, you know, we if they're in a different country, if they're in certain countries, we can't go get them. Well, how about covertly go get them? I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. That's probably not the way to go either. But I mean, I'm just saying this is silliness, silliness, silliness that we always hear when it comes. I mean, in cyber, it come, when it's governments and cyber, it comes to silliness. But again, I, I long to be proved wrong. So if you're listening, you say, Darren, you are way off on this. Please tell me why. Love to hear it. I'd also love to hear if I'm right. That would be fantastic too. So anyway, uh, something we mentioned, this is uh, moving on to the register. Um, this is Jessica Hardcastle reporting the mass exploitation of Citrix bleed underway as ransomware cruise pilots. So I think we mentioned this particular CVE a couple weeks ago, but Citrix bleed, the critical information disclosure bud that affects NetScaler ADC and NetScaler gateway is now under massive exploitation as thousands of Citrix NetScaler instances remain vulnerable according to the security team. So I think we said this when this, when I reported this the first time that you're going to, at the time there weren't any attacks, but now we're starting to see the attacks as predicted. Um, and, uh, there's more in this article that give you some information on it. You can look up the CVE as to what it is. It's CVE 2023-4966. It's critical one. Is there a fix to this? That's a good question. I should know, but it doesn't say, it doesn't look like there's a fix yet. So hopefully Citrix figures that out. Um, but you know, it is what it is. There will ultimately be a fix, but then people are not going to patch it and bad things will continue because, Let's give an example of where that's the case. And this is from a Forbes article by Ty Rausch. Russian hackers breached 632,000 DOJ and Pentagon email addresses in massive. Guess which, guess which vulnerability for this one? You betcha. Move it. The email address of about 632,000 employees from the Justice and Defense Departments were accessed in a hack earlier this year. Okay, so now they're, com- they're finally coming out and saying it. Um, this included uh, a number included airlines as well, universities, other U.S. agencies. And this was a Russian-speaking criminal group that's responsible for this. They accessed email addresses, links to government employee surveys administered by the agency and internal agency tracking codes. Now, how do you fix this? You patch your move at servers. Now, here's the problem for this particular incident. The hack, which occurred on May 28th and 29th, was characterized by OPM as a major breach According to Bloomberg, though the agency believed the compromised data was generally of low sensitivity and not classified. Okay, that'd be good. Um, but obviously, at that time, there was no patch for the move it vulnerability. So, you know, it's one of these things where it's now coming out, but, you know, not really a big nut, not really a big shocker. Um, so, we're, I mean, again, we're going to start hearing more of these that occurred and some that occurred after the patches came out because people just don't, don't patch like they're supposed to. Yesterday, we talked about the executive order on AI safety. So this is another follow-up to that cyber news by Jintaras Radaskis reporting. Experts cautiously welcome Biden's order on AI safety, but risks still lurk. So let's, one thing I didn't mention yesterday, obviously, is this executive order only pertains to U.S. companies. There are going to be people in outside of the U.S. that are not going to follow this executive order and are going to continue to do things that make AI problematic. But at least this shows, I mean, there's a been, I saw a lot of stuff about how this is great. This is the government really getting on top of something, getting in front of it before bad things happen. Bad things already happened with AI, so they're not really in front of it, but they're more in front of it than they usually are. But from this particular article, the executive order states, the developers of AI systems that might endanger U.S. national security, the economy, public health, or safety must share the results of safety tests with the U.S. government in line with the Defense Production Act before they release to the public. Now, my question being here, who's going to determine whether or not 
that will endanger it. Um, is it self-reporting? Because let's be honest, in the defense industrial base, you self-report your cybersecurity controls. Uh, NIST 800-171, I'm not going to get into a deep, deep, con- deep look into this, but NIST 800 sorry about my dog barking, NIST 800-171 is a framework by NIST that um, companies that work with national security information are supposed to use to secure their their classified or their controlled unclassified information systems, right? So to keep them safe. Yeah. Um, but all they have to do is the com- companies just have to say, yes, we are doing these things. So that's fantastic, but it doesn't really prove anything because these companies keep getting hacked. So this order, again, um, who's, who's monitoring this, who's governing it, you know, whatever. It's one of these things. And it says that from this, more from this article, um, the biggest takeaway, though, is that the executive order demonstrates that AI is a national priority, not an issue limited to big tech companies. It has broad impact affecting consumers, students, small business, and many other interest groups. Now, you're asking, probably saying, well, what's your solution, Darren? You're a big smartass. What's your, what do you think your solution is? Well, my solution would be for the companies that build AI to get together and come up with frameworks that on how to keep it safe. Now, obviously, you're not going to be able to. Bad guys are going to figure out how to exploit it. That's how life goes. It's what happens with technology. But come up with methodologies that make the technology as safe as you can and address the exploitation of it as it occurs as a consortium. Don't rely on the government to do you for it. the government doesn't know what the heck they're talking about most of the time. So it is what it is. Um, we're going to hear, this is going to be a one week story and then people will forget about it. And then something bad will happen and people will say, well, wasn't there an executive order about AI? Why isn't that working? Uh, much like, as I like to say, the Cyber Safety Review Board, where's that? But whatever. All right. This was this particular article was in a lot of different sites. So this is the dark reading version of it. Nate Nelson reporting. Prolific Puma hacker gives criminals access to .us domains. This is an interesting article because cyber criminals are upping their phishing with shortened links and showing that covert, or coveted regulated top-level domains aren't as exclusive as you think. In other words, basically, what this article is talking about is attackers are registering domains with the .us um, ending, right? Instead of .com, it's .us. So what they're doing is they are creating shortened links that redirect people to sites that have malware on it. So you get what looks like a .us link, and it's something that looks like is legitimate, and um, it, it redirects you to another site, and malware gets downloaded, bad things happen, and so... Um, let's see, what does this say? In a report published this week, researchers from Infoblox noted, name the threat actor behind the operation Prolific Puma, because in the past 18 months, they have generated as many as 75,000 unique domains, often circumventing regulations to provide CD criminals with URLs that end in a .us. Um, cyber criminals need domains from which to base their command and control operations, and they need a lot of them if they expect to evade detection for long, as analysts can quickly identify any IP or domain hard-coded into the malware. True. This is why they use domain generation algorithms, creating and cycling through large numbers of potential homes for their misdeeds. So, you know, these, again, bad guys are smart. So where's the executive order on this? Should it be an executive order that doesn't allow this to happen? But we're not going to talk about that because AI is a buzzword. This is not. So um, I, I commend this article to you. Dark reading again, prolific Puma hackers. It talks a little bit more about that. Um, this kind of hit after I finished yesterday's podcast. So I just want to double back on it. But the SEC charges against SolarWinds CISO send shockwaves through security ranks. Becky Bracken reporting from Dark Reading. The legal actions may have, well, that's a sub-headline, we're not going to read that. Um, the Security and Exchange Commission has charged SolarWinds Corp along with its CISO, Tim Brown, with fraud and internal control failures related to the 2020, we were talked about yesterday, right? So it says, here's the interesting thing. It says the charges are already sending shockwaves through the CISO community. And as well, they should, because now, well, the problem here is, 
it should send shockwaves through because the CIA is being charged with this, but he lied. It's not really that hard to realize if he had done the right thing and come right out and said, yep, here's what happened. This is what we, we did these things wrong. And here's the failures we had. We're not going to lie about it. It's bad. And we're trying to fix it. No problem for him lying about it. Get you in trouble. That's where it all kind of comes down to. So if you're a CISO, you shouldn't really be that concerned because as you do the right thing for the right reason, the right way, you're really not going to get in trouble. Now your company may fire you because CISOs are now sacrificial lambs when it comes to um, computer compromises and networks getting hacked, but you go into that job knowing that's the case. What this is going to do is create a new community of CISOs that aren't necessarily beholding to the companies because they're going to become more virtual or more consulting based. And so the responsibility will still fall back on the company because the CI, the, these consulting type CISOs will act as CISOs, but without being a direct employee. So they don't have that risk. So that's kind of, I think where that's going to probably end up going. Um, this is a, well, you're a little late to the party file. This is from security affairs, Perlugi Paganini reporting. Oh, he used to work for cyber news. Anyway, uh, Canada bans WeChat and Kaspersky apps on government issued mobile devices. Well, hate to say this Canada, a little late to the game. Canada banned the Chinese messaging app WeChat and Kaspersky antivirus and government mobile devices due to privacy and security research. Now, if you're listening to this, you're laughing like I am because um, it's a little late for Canada to be doing this. I should have done this long, long ago. Chances are China's already in where they need to be in. Russia's already in where they need to be in. And this is really not going to matter. But hey, it's a step in the right direction. Way to go, Canada. Uh, lastly, from CISOonline.com, cybersecurity workforce shortage reaches 4 million despite significant recruitment drive. And if you're in the cyber industry, this is a problem. The cyber Cybersecurity workforce shortage has risen to a record high of just under 4 million, despite the cybersecurity workforce growing by almost 10% in the last year. That's according to the latest ISC2 report. Um, and it says two thirds of organizations lack of staff needed to prevent troubleshoot security issues. This is why we continue to have stories of cyber events because there's not enough people doing the cybersecurity piece. There's people doing IT, right? IT and cybersecurity, not the same thing. That actually might be my Friday op-ed is why those two things are different and why we have a shortage and how we can maybe fix it. But um, more on this, if you want to read it, it just kind of talks about this this particular gap and, and it's hard to fill. It's hard to find people that are doing what they're doing and how to keep them from leaving because people will pay them more. They get burned out, all sorts of problems. Um, and they give some percentages of industries that are really lacking, but I am running short on time. So I'm going to cut that short here. All these articles listed in the show notes, feel free to read them. If you have thoughts, comments, suggestions on the podcast or anything for me directly, hit me on LinkedIn, any of my social media sites, or you can email me, Darren at the cyberguy.com cyber spelled C-Y-B-U-R. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by... Oh, check that. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Sorry. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by Cyber Guy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.